Hey there, I'm Veronica Peretti, astrologer, yoga teacher, and Real Housewives historian. This is the Essential Astrocast, where you get the essential astrology lowdown for real life. Find out what's happening up there in the heavens so that you can take action right here down on Earth. Guys, welcome back to the Essential Astrocast. I'm Veronica Peretti. Um, So this is your weekly rundown of what's going on in the sky. And if you're new, I talk for about 20 to 30 minutes about what's going on in the heavens. Um, I'm a big believer that astrology is a really great opportunity to get to know yourself on a deeper level. So this is not, um, it is a little woo-woo, but it's, you know, I truly, truly believe what I always say, that you have the power to dictate your fate. So hopefully, um, having a peek into what's going on in the heavens is helpful for you this week as you um, make moves in your life, in your work, in your relationships. Um, So this week, the big news is that Mercury went into Pisces yesterday. So I normally bring the broadcast to you on Mondays. And I was feeling really spacey and really, you know, just not completely grounded or tuned in. And I wonder if other people were feeling that way too. Feel free to um, leave me a comment or a message and let me know. But I feel like we had to adjust to that Mercury and Pisces energy. Now, I mention this sometimes that the personal planets are the ones that are closer to us on Earth. So we feel them most strongly. Um, and Mercury, you know, really does have such a profound effect on how our mind operates, on how we approach things, approach our ideas, approach our work. It has an impact on how productive we are. Um, And so when Mercury goes into a water sign like Pisces, which it's in now, um, we can feel a little bit in that drifty, emotional, spacey realm where we kind of want to dream and fantasize and meditate and not necessarily be so interested in the details, you know? So when Mercury goes into Gemini or Virgo, where it's where it is the ruler, you know, we, we're much more interested in the details or um, the spreadsheets or the numbers. So, you know, Mercury and Pisces, gives us an opportunity. It's not a bad thing. It gives us an opportunity to settle into our intuition and to settle into how something feels as opposed to how something might appear to the mind's eye when we're looking at it from a logical perspective. So this week, really tune into your feelings around things. And the other thing that's going to happen this week that's pretty cool or interesting is that Venus is going to move into Aries. Now, Mercury's favorite place is not Pisces, and Venus's favorite place is not Aries. So it's an interesting place to be. It invites us to step into how we're feeling and really honor our desires. Because Venus and Aries is like, hey man, this works for me, and that doesn't, and I'm going to let you know. And Venus in Aries is fierce and blunt and um, really clear on what she wants and what she doesn't want and what she's here for and what she's not here for and what she'll tolerate and what she won't tolerate. And she probably won't tolerate that much because Venus in Aries wants to get stepped on on her timeline. Um, I apologize if you hear my, my kitty crying. She's, you know, having a Mercury and Pisces moment. <laughs> she's having some feelings. So, you know, now we've got the mind answering to the emotions 
And we've got Venus answering to different emotions. So Pisces can tend toward those emotions that are a little bit more um, fantasy-like, imaginary, can tend toward a little bit of sadness. You know, Pisces rules endings, and we've been having a lot of endings happening. So if you've been tuning in regularly, you are probably sick to death of me talking about the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that we experienced back on January 12th. And it was leading up for a year and we're going to feel it for a year. So it's really a big, big, big 36 year cycle that we have ended and now begun a new one. And so with, when we have these big cycles that end and begin in astrology, it's not like a clear black or white thing. There is a, there's a certain amount of gray. So while you have some great stuff beginning in your life, you probably have some stuff ending and it's kind of sad whether or not it's time to see it go, whether it's a relationship or a job or a home um, or a habit or a mindset. It takes some getting used to not having that person or that thing in your life. And so Mercury and Pisces is really going to give us a great opportunity to process the emotions that come up from the endings. Because I do feel like the, the, the planetary movement and the energy has been so, so, so fast. And so while we have a lot going on, we haven't had a lot of time to sit back and process it. So this long Mercury in Pisces period is going to give us an opportunity to process it. Now, one of my clients who's in the Luminary League, the Luminary League is my um, membership community. So you can join for $25 a month and join us for our full moon live workshop online. It's just like this. It's a video, but I'll be able to see you and you can see me and we all talk to each other in Zoom. Um, and I, you also get a new moon rundown of all of the astrological aspects coming up between um, the current new moon and the next new moon. So if you're interested in that, you can always go to my site, uh, veronica.peretti sorry, veronicapretty.com slash membership and learn more about the Luminary League. And one of my clients in the Luminary League, she said, um, you know, she's Mercury and Pisces and she was wondering how this impacted her. And so if you have Mercury and Pisces, this is going to feel comfortable for you. It's going to feel normal for you. Um, it's like when you have Mercury retrograde in your chart and Mercury goes retrograde for most people, it might be uncomfortable, but for your, for you, it's like coming home. So if you've got something in your chart and then it happens in the sky, it's, um, a sweet little recurrence for you. Um, so this is going to feel very comfortable for you. Um, and it's probably the speed at which your mind wants to operate. Um, Something to note about this Mercury and Pisces thing. Mercury has gone into Pisces yesterday and Monday. I'm doing this on this broadcast on Tuesday this week. Um, we are in the shadow period of the retrograde. So that ba basically means that Mercury will be visiting these degrees where he's at on his retrograde journey. Okay. So Mercury will retrograde on February 16th. It will actually dip back into Aquarius for a very short time. Um, on March 4th, it'll just be the last couple of degrees of Aquarius. And then it will station direct on March 9th and head forward again and into Pisces again on March 16th and onward. And Mercury won't leave Pisces until April 10th. So other outside of about five days in March, between March 4th and March 9th, um, we're going to have Mercury and Pisces 
from now until April 10th. So that's a really long Mercury transit. So if you are feeling like you don't like being spacey and you don't necessarily like to go to that place of imagination and you don't necessarily like to go to the place of emotions and intuition and the stuff that lies beneath the surface, this is not going to be your favorite time of the year. But it's an important time. It's a time that we need to experience so that we can um, process what's been going on. Because as I said, we've been experiencing a lot of endings and we see it on the world stage. So one of the things that's been going on, you know, we saw that very untimely death of Kobe Bryant. Um, that was a really interesting thing that I've been meaning to do a series of Instagram stories about because he had the South Node going right over his ascendant. So not that that means that every time the South Node goes over your ascendant, you're going to pass away, but he also had a very prominent Pluto, which is, um, you know, the god of the underworld and death. Um, there were some really, really interesting things in his chart that made him an incredible athlete, as well as someone who took risks, as well as someone who, um, you know, with a certain coming together of various circumstances, had a very dramatic um, passage onto the next, the next, the next realm. So um, really, really sad, but astrologically, you know, it's always interesting to look at these events and to learn from them because there's always something for us to learn from them. Right. Um, and I think that his life was a big life and his big life was, um, a reflection for us. A lot of the time when people have celebrity or fame, they are a reflection for the collective in some way, shape, or form. They're, they're, they're in the, the public eye to teach us something about ourselves. So anyway, it's really hard to make, make sense of it, but it's just there are some in interesting astrological components that I will leave to another day, but neither here nor there. Um, there are other endings that are happening right now. We have Brexit. So we have this, um, the, U the UK is leaving the EU. And officially they left January 31st, but it's going to be a slow, um, uh, what do I, how do I say? It's going to be a slow transitionary period. So while they are officially no longer part of the European Union, um, their transition will be uh, throughout this whole year of 2020. So not surprising, you know, that that Brexit vote happened, the first vote and then the referendum, they both happened in the shadow of this, um, this coming conjunction of Saturn and Pluto and Capricorn. Capricorn rules governments and structures and corporations and the, the things that really hold us together as a society. Um, and then you know, that happened in the, in the lead up. And then it was like, okay, it's really happening. Now that the Saturn Pluto conjunction has happened, the actual exit of Great Britain has happened. So now that's an ending and that's an ending that affects people on a lot of levels, economically, um, you know, emotionally. And I'm sure it also impacts families, although I'm not that familiar with it because I'm not living in Europe, but I do think that um, that's something that people are going to be digesting and processing throughout this Pisces, Mercury and Pisces period of time. So endings have been coming up and this long Mercury and Pisces transit, I don't want you to get all 
flustered about Mercury retrograde. Um, when Mercury goes retrograde in a water sign, which is the series of retrogrades that we've been in for a, quite a while now, it really invites us to process and do some work around something emotional. And because Pisces rules endings, it's kind of like the perfect long Mercury transit for us to have when we've had so much emotional stuff going on that we haven't really had the opportunity to sit down and work through. So I invite you, if you are not a journaler, it's one of my favorite practices. I journal almost every morning and I really, really recommend that this is a great opportunity. Mercury rules, communication, writing, speaking, teaching, um, and Whenever we've got Mercury, something with Mercury retrograde, it's a great time to take out your pen and paper and write, especially because, you know, emotional stuff, we can't necessarily talk about it, but sometimes when we just let ourselves free write, things come through. Um, and other ways to process the emotions when we have Mercury in Pisces is to get to water. So taking long hot baths, um, going to the pool, going to the ocean, depending on where you live. Those are things that are really healing as well. Okay, so Mercury and Pisces, some of the other things that might be coming up, it's a great time for creative flow. If you're a poet, if you're a musician, if you're a composer, this is really great transit for you. Um, sometimes with Mercury and Pisces, the, the sign is... The, the signs are going to be very potent. So you're going to see something and it's really going to be a signifier of something bigger and you're going to see it right away because you're really tapped into that intuitive spirit sense, um, that other realm. Um, you might have to read between the lines a lot. So you might have to really get good at um, asking people to repeat themselves. And so this is very annoying, but it's very effective. So if someone says to you... Um, I will meet you at five o'clock at um, 86 and third. Okay, just to just to um, clarify, you're gonna meet me at five o'clock at 86 and third. Um, so sometimes repeating to make sure you heard something correctly can be a really good way, even though it's annoying, to um, manage Mercury and Pisces because things are not going to be clear. You know, Pisces is ruled by Neptune traditionally, or not traditionally, modern, in modern astrology. And therefore, things can be hazy and foggy and not clear because Neptune rules the fog. It rules things that are um, not necessarily able to be touched. Um, so you want to make sure that you're really, really clear with your communication and you're really, really clear in how you're perceiving other people's communication. So if that means that you have to repeat everything someone says to make sure that you understood it correctly, then that's what you're going to have to do. So Mercury and Pisces, now you know, and you're going to go about communicating really, really clearly with people, um, through April 10th. Um, um, so it's not going to be uncommon to feel like you need a translator in a lot of situations. And it's also, um, going to be a time where something might not be clear in your mind, but you might have a clear feeling about it, but you might not be able to express it because you might not have the words to describe the feeling. And so if you have a gut intuitive hunch about something, you should follow that because Mercury is letting you know that that's, that's, um, that's something that you should follow. When Mercury is in Pisces, we need to tune into the intuitive hunch 
more than the logical brain. And so it's really interesting because right now we've got the sun in Aquarius, which is a very intellectual sign. So we've got the intellect and we've got the intuition and they're working together. So trust that and, but don't let the intellect override the intuition, right? And don't let the intuition, um, necessarily guide the intellect. You want them to work together as partners. Okay. I feel like I've talked way too much about Mercury and Pisces. So I want to move on to some of the other stuff going on this week. Um, so today's Tuesday, we've got the moon in Gemini. So today, oh my gosh, moon in Gemini, sun in Aquarius, they love each other. You know, they're trining, they're in a harmonious situation. So the sun and the moon are trining today. It's a great day to work out something intellectually. So if you've got something that you do want to work out intellectually, um, and bring a little of that mercury intuition into it, you want to figure out something, a project, um, this is a good day to do it. Um, the moon is also squaring Neptune though. So that means that we might be feeling foggy about something because the moon is our feelings, our emotions. Neptune is, again, the fog, the stuff we can't see. So I know for myself, I've been not so clear about what I want, you know, like, oh, I've been thinking about something so much that I almost don't care anymore. So I want to stop thinking about it and dig deep into letting my intuition guide me. And I think that that's probably a, a sense that we're all experiencing right now. And Mercury and Pisces is going to make that sense even stronger as it spends more time there. Um, now, tomorrow the moon is going to oppose Mars. And that means we're going to have a little bit of a dose of motivation, but that's early in the morning. Um, and that's Wednesday. And then Mercury is going to sextile Uranus in Taurus. So now Mercury is in that Pisces placement and Uranus is in that Taurus placement. Um, and as I often mention, Earth, Taurus, and uh, water, Pisces, makes mud. So that is a fertile opportunity to do some brainstorming. So Mercury and Uranus coming together in a harmonious way on Wednesday is going to be a really, really great opportunity for you to do some brainstorming. Again, um, figuring out a project, doing some creative brainstorming around something. Um, that's all good stuff to do this week. Um, now, the early part of the week, we've got the moon in Gemini, and then Thursday, the moon goes into Cancer. Um, sorry, Wednesday, the moon goes into Cancer. So we're going to have a nice longish void moon on Wednesday. So Eastern Standard Time from 9.20 a.m. to 2.03 p.m. on Wednesday, we're going to have the moon void, and then it's going to go into Cancer 2.03. So Wednesday morning it, through lunchtime, if you can kind of spend some time just um, maybe taking it easy and being in a dreamlike state, um, the void moon is not a great time to get something started. It's a great time to work with something mundane, maybe step back and really... Um, fantasize, imagine a little bit about where you're going, what you're working on, what the dream is. Um, so if you have a little bit of time tomorrow morning, if you make your own schedule, perhaps you're lucky and you can do that. It's a great time to just kind of check in with um, how you've been feeling about things, how the year is going, maybe do a little reflection on January if you haven't had a chance to do that yet. Um, those are some things that you could do with a void moon. The other thing that I wanted to mention about a void moon is that when you start something in a void moon, it doesn't really happen to come to fruition. The impeachment articles were actually 
um, all of that was started on a void moon. And so we haven't really seen anything come of it. Now, granted, we are human beings and we have free will. And if the Republicans didn't, you know, act like cowards, then something would have come of it, which is a whole other conversation. Um, but, you know, something to just note is like, not a great time to void moon if you've got really, really important thing to launch, a really, really important thing to announce to the world, not the time to do it. Don't test, don't test the planets. Um, so yeah, so that's, that's something. So then we're going to have the moon in cancer and that's going to be Wednesday afternoon. And then Thursday, we're going to have the moon in cancer all day, no voids. And it's going to try Neptune. I think Thursday is a great day to lean into whatever you're working on in terms of your dream. So if your dream is like you want to start that business, your dream is that you're working on losing weight or getting healthy or whatever your dream is for this year. So one of my dreams for myself is to be as healthy and strong as I can possibly be, right? So that is my dream for the year. That's what I'm working on. So when you have these things like the moon, making a harmonious um, aspect with Neptune, it's a great time to just check in on that dream. What's happening with that? How are you feeling about that? Um, how far have you come? What, what tweaks can you make? Um, what is, what messages and information are being revealed to you that maybe you didn't have before at the beginning of January? So that's something to consider. Now, the other thing that the big, big, big thing, and I mentioned it earlier, is that Venus is going to go into Aries this week, and that's going to happen on Friday. So you know, when Venus goes into Aries, she is fiery and she's decisive and she's blunt and she's aggressive. And she is, as an Aries myself, I love it. I love when any planet comes to Aries. Um, but if you're a Taurus person or a Libra person and that's where Venus has a rulership, it might feel a little uncomfortable to you. Um, if you have Venus and Aries normally, then you're probably a very passionate person. You know, the thing about Aries is that we are people that drive hard at something. If we want something, we go for it. But if we don't really want it with all of our self, with all of our desire, then it doesn't matter to us. And Venus and Aries is kind of like that. So she can be really, really passionate and in love on Monday and by Friday be like, mm, I'm on to the next thing. So... When the passion, not to say that Venus and Aries is fickle, if you really, really want something, you go for it, but passion can sometimes be fleeting. So just be mindful of that. Like, is the passion long-term? Is the passion short-term? Is this lust? Is this a sense of purpose? And I always say purpose over passion because passion, I think, is like an overused word because... Um, you know, passion actually means that you love something so much, you're so devoted to it that you would actually suffer for it. And most of us don't use the word that way. Um, we use the word more like you would use the word purpose. It gives me a sense of purpose. Um, you know, uh, work, you know, teaching astrology gives me a sense of purpose. I feel, I feel really purpose filled sharing this with people and it helps them, um, live their life with more ease and more compassion for themselves and it helps them get to know themselves better. And that's, that's my purpose in the world. Um, so I think that when we have Venus and Aries, just be, just note your passion. Is it lust? Is it passion? Is it purpose? Um, and does it align with your long-term goals? 
um, because you might be a little distracted by something that makes you feel lusty when Venus is in Aries. So that's what's going on on Friday, and she's going to be hanging out there for a while, for a few weeks, so we will um, have plenty of time to talk Venus and Aries. Um, and the moon is going to be void, of course, for most of Friday, from 10.43 a.m. to 5.45 p.m. Now, at 5.45 p.m., that Cancer moon moves into Leo. And so when we have a Leo moon for the weekend, we're going to be gearing up for the full moon in Leo. So now we've got Venus and Aries, the moon in Leo. It's going to be a hot, passion, lust-filled time. So I really like this weekend for, it's so funny, I said last week, I was like, we have an early Valentine's Day. I like this as an early Valentine's Day in another way. Um, it's very passion-filled, and you purpose-filled, passion-filled, lust-filled, however you want to look at it. And I think that um, this full moon in Leo is really, really interesting to me because the Leo Aquarius parad paradox is so fascinating to me because they're so different, you know? Some of the some of the paradoxes in, in astrology, so we always have a sign that opposes another sign, right? A full moon means that the sun is in one part of the chart and the moon is in the exact opposite part of the horoscope. So when we... Um, have a full moon in Leo, it's opposing the sun in Aquarius. And in so many ways, signs are very different. In so many ways, their signs are similar, but more different. And so there are other signs that are on the on their opposite sides, on their and they have a paradox. And then you'll be like, like Sagittarius Gemini, they have so many things in common. It's almost like hard to find the differences. Like the differences are obviously there, but not as stark as Leo and Aquarius. So Leo likes to be on the stage. It likes to shine. It likes to be um, the star, the celebrity of the room. Aquarius is really here to serve humanity on a larger scale. It's here to make sure that everyone is being treated equally um, in the group. It, it, it rules groups and friendships and communities, and it's really not about the individual, it's about the group. Leo is about the individual. Venus and Aries is about the individual. Venus and Aries is like, what are your individual desires? What do you want? It doesn't matter what's good for your family. It doesn't matter what's good for your friends. What is it that you really want? That's what Venus and Aries wants from you. And now you're going to have this full moon in Leo. Moon is your emotions. Moon is your desire. Moon is going to be in Leo saying, what do you want? What, how do you want to shine? How do you want to be seen? What are your individual, how do you want to create, um, how do you want to express yourself as an individual? And how does that serve the collective? Because the moon is going to be opposite the sun. It's a full moon. So we have to honor both those sides. How can you honor your individual desires? How can you show up and serve in a way that it serves the collective? How can you honor yourself and honor the group? simultaneously. And I think that's going to be a lot of the energy of this um, full moon in Leo. It's always the energy of full moon in Leo. But um, because Venus is in Aries this year, it's going to help us dive even deeper into understanding what it is we truly desire on the individual level. And then we will have the sun in Aquarius to say, okay, now does that actually serve the collective? Does that serve my community? Does that serve the group? 
Um, so those are some of the things you can be thinking about. This weekend on Saturday at 5 p.m., I'm going to be doing our full moon in Leo workshop for the Luminary League. So if you're not in the Luminary League, you want to join up this week because it's just $25 a month um, and you get the new moon bonus essential astrocast. It's only for members. And you also get that full moon workshop every month, which is live online on Zoom. We talk to each other. I see your face. You see my face. Um, the women in the group are phenomenal. We have so much fun. And um, a few people who are on live at the end do get um, like a mini chart reading as to where the full moon is impacting their chart. So if you are working with some of the questions and the themes that we talked about today, if you're working with like, what do I want to do? What do I want to do next with my work? What do I want to do next as a person? What do I want to create as an individual? Um, you know, where, where are my passions? Where is my purpose? And how can I make an impact on society through that? Um, if that's some of the stuff you're working with in this full moon and Leo workshop is going to be the perfect one for you to join up and join us in the luminary league. Um, so I think that's pretty much everything I wanted to talk about this week. The full moon in Leo is on Sunday at 2:33 AM. So it's in the wee hours of the morning on Sunday. And, um, late Saturday night if you're on the West Coast. Um, and, the and you know, the other thing I wanted to mention is that next week, I'm going to be on on Monday. But early in the morning, in the wee hours of Monday morning, um, late in the night, while you're sleeping Sunday night, you know, you're gonna, we're going to be experiencing Venus um, and conjunct Chiron. And Venus, again, is in Aries. Chiron is in Aries. So I think this theme of um, healing through understanding your desires is going to be really, really prominent this week. And um, if you have, you know, I think a lot of women put their desires and what they want on the back burner because they're putting their job first, they're putting their family first, they're putting their friends first, they're putting everybody else first. So this is going to be a week where you're really encouraged to look at what do you truly, truly want for yourself and how does that impact the other people in your life? So that's what I've got for you this week. Um, the other thing, oh, shoot, and I want to talk about, like, the election in Iowa and all that stuff, and I don't have time. Um, you know what? I'm going to do a bonus essential astrocast for the podcast on the top presidential candidates. I've been wanting to do it. It's something that I've been planning on doing for months and I was waiting for the field to get more narrow so I didn't have to do like 18 charts um and it feels like there's a lot happening and I'm really excited to look at Pete Buttigieg's chart because he's actually a Capricorn and he was born in 82 so he was born under this um Saturn-Pluto conjunction we've been talking about all year um and there's so much Capricorn going on this 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 year and so um he is like such a Capricorn for us to watch from an astrological perspective because um, he's a Capricorn and he's riding all this Capricorn energy and really, really big stuff is happening for him. So I think he's going to be a really fun chart to look at. Um, and we're going to look at the top contenders. So I'm going to start putting that together for you guys. But if you've got any questions about that, let me know. And if you have any questions about astrology in general, feel free to message me. I love answering questions on the podcast. Um, or the Astrocast, because some of you watch it, some of you listen to us, to me. Um, 
And of course, if you haven't considered the Luminary League, consider it this week because we will have the full moon workshop on Saturday at 5 p.m. Eastern time. And I would love to have you live in the room with us. And of course, if you join after that, all the recordings of past sessions will be available to you, but it's not the same as being in the room with us live. So I hope you have a wonderful week and um, I look forward to talking with you next week. All right, hang in there and I'll see you soon. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Essential Astrocast. I'll be back next week, but in the meantime, if you'd like to join the Essential Astrology membership, you can head over to veronicapretty.com slash membership. You'll find all the details there. For $25 a month, you get to join us for the live full moon workshop each month and also get an exclusive bonus Astrocast each new moon. If you'd like to get a reading with me, you can find details on the website as well. And as always, feel free to reach out to me either on the website or on Instagram. I love to see you guys in my DMs. Just find me at Veronica Pretty. Same name, no spaces. See you next week.